How are we going? How are we good? We are. Hello, okay. hello again, everybody. Welcome to Cocktails and Killers, episode 16. Yeah, I'm Heather. I'm Lena. So, if you listen to the last podcast, Heather, we talked about pretty much like shitty police work. Yeah. So, this week I thought I would, you know, because we're not anti-police. We Definitely love police. <laughs> we're just like anti-fuckwads. Like, you know, <laughs> just do your job, okay? So Do it correctly. Yeah. So, this week I found a case that the police work was really good and kind of just shows the opposite end of the spectrum nice. and you know following the evidence and just doing your job mm-hmm. and how that can pay off yeah. with also a other little bit of help too but anyway so we are going to be talking about the murder of april Millsap. Ooh, have you heard of, I, have, okay. I don't think i've heard of this one all right so she was a 14 year old girl from a small town called armada michigan it was about 35 miles outside of detroit mm. so a small town but you know close to um bigger city yeah Yeah. she was an only child she lived with her mom uh jennifer and her stepdad david she had a dog named penny uh she was real outdoorsy she liked to go hiking and you know she walked penny and things like that and she had a boyfriend and was you know just real sweet and social and everybody just loved her and thought she was just you know the best little thing Sorry, everyone, I'm sick. A little, well, not like sick. It's just allergies, you know, that time of year. So if you hear me hacking or whatever, I'll try to have Heather edit it all out, but we'll see. It may Some of it may make it on there. Okay, so on July 24th, 2014. Oh, uh, wow, it's recent, Yeah, too. it's pretty recent. Mm-hmm. Wow. So April took Penny, and she was a border collie. Mm-hmm. They went out on a little trail but it like people would also ride motorcycles and like you know bikes and things like that mm-hmm. pretty close to her house they headed out that evening about 6 p.m she was just gonna walk the dog and then come back so uh, later on you know a couple hours later a husband and wife uh, were walking and they saw a dog running around by itself and they were like well that's weird yeah. it still had its collar and leash Leashed and everything on it was just running around so they follow the dog and penny she takes them to an opening kind of down over a hill and they find april's body mm. well and if you've listened to heather and i before you know we love animals so yeah. i'm like oh, that just breaks your heart i know and for her to you know try to lead them to to find to her, her you yeah. know we don't deserve dogs Penny leads the couple down. They find her body. They call 911. Um, the first on scene was Detective Rebecca McArthur uh, from the Michigan State Police. Inter- after interviewing her, she said that once she got to the scene, uh, she found that April's clothes had been ripped off. Oh, her wow. shorts and underwear were around her ankles. But it was later determined that she wasn't actually raped. Really? Mm-hmm. 
Yep. There was no sexual assault at all. That's so odd. She had been stepped on her neck to the point where the perpetrator left his shoe Shoe print print on her neck. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and later, her the autopsy would show that her cause of death was suffocation from him pressing on her. That foot. I mean, that doesn't seem random. You know what I mean? This is that. Just, that's just a lot of. It's a weird case. Anger. You're gonna be you know like, I mean? this is this is crazy. So she also she had a head wound right above her eye, but they couldn't figure out what it was caused from. There was nothing found at the scene. They didn't really know what that was mm-hmm. at the time. But uh, suffocation was eventually what, what killed her. So when they found the body, they didn't know right away who it was. There was, they couldn't, her purse, like all of her personal belongings, if she had had any, they didn't know, you know. But nothing was left around her. Like, <laughs> it was just her. Every, just nothing, her. Nothing was there. No cell phone, no purse, no nothing. Wow. Um, so they searched, like, you know, pretty good area looking for things to try to identify her. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't identified until later. Her mom, Jennifer, arrived at the scene because her daughter, you know, April hadn't came home. She knew she was going walking in that area. Mm. Showed up, you know, was like, yeah, oh, like look for her. And... Yeah. So Jennifer described April and, you know, Penny to the police. And that's when they determined that it was April, that she was the victim. So obviously, you know, her mom was devastated, only child. Mm-hmm. So, um, the police asked, uh, Jennifer, you know, April's mom, did you know if she had taken anything with her? Cause they couldn't find anything. Yeah. And she said, yes, that she had her cell phone and a backpack that oh. she knew that she, you know, took with her. Mm-hmm. She said, you know, that she, April had left around six and uh, shortly after she had started contacting her friends and boyfriends after she didn't come home. She said it was about an hour. You know, she knew she should have been home by then. Mm-hmm. So April's boyfriend, his name was Austin, and he actually came to the scene with Jennifer, April's mom. Oh, so he was with her. So okay. he showed up to the scene, yep. Uh, so Austin says at 628, he got a text message from April, and it said, I almost got kidnapped. OMFG. What? Uh-huh. Yep. So, I mean, can you imagine him, how he felt too, and now oh. this has happened? And now yeah. police are like, okay, well, we know she had her phone, and we know she had the backpack, you know, and they were just as shocked. Like, at first they were like, could he have something to do with this? Oh, yeah. I mean, you always suspect, like, family yep. and significant others first. Because he said he didn't see the text until later on that evening, you know. So they thought it was strange, a teenager getting a text but not seeing it right away. Like, you know, that doesn't make sense to them. But he said he was out and he was, you know, picking up food uh, at a drive-thru with a friend. Mm. So (laughs) that's why he didn't see it. Police, they later did confirm he was telling the truth. He did have an alibi. Yes, he did have an alibi. And he passed a polygraph test. So, we know it wasn't Austin, and she really did send that text. So, after this, the police were like, well, well, now we have no suspects, because that was our only one, because that, like you said, that's always your first one. Yeah. So, they're back to square one, because they still haven't found her phone. 
nothing, no backpack, anything yet at this point either. Huh. Okay? Mm-hmm. So they sent out officers, state troopers, scent dogs, everything, trying to find her phone to try to get, you know, her phone records. The dogs were actually able to track her scent to her phone, and they found it a mile away from her body. Wow. A mile away. Um, it was actually near, like, a residential area, and it had it was had a big, long driveway, but had some trees kind of at the end, and mm-hmm. they had found it over in that wooded area. Just tossed it. Yeah, the purse basically just kind of pitched it. While they were going through her phone records and everything, they found out that she had, uh, they don't name it, it's a fitness app. I'm pretty sure it was the Nike Run app because I used to have it. Mm-hmm. And when you look at pictures of like what they found on her phone, it shows like the speeds of like where you're walking, where you've been, you know, all that. And as you get faster, the color changes. You know, Uh so I think it was something like that. I don't know. There could be other apps that do the same thing. But um, anyway, so they found her phone. They found that she had that that app and they were able to track her movements and her speed on the day she died. So based on the phone and everything, like her mom had said, at 6 p.m. she left her house and was walking at a speed of four miles per hour. At 6.20, which is right before Mm -hmm. she texted her boyfriend, you know, her speed picked up. And there was about 15 minutes of, like, what they called frantic activity. You can look up pictures, and it shows her leaving her house, going down the path, you know. And then, all of a sudden, it just fucking goes crazy. Like, you can t- she's just running, 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 like. And that's about, about 620 is when all that started. So, she's obviously running from someone. Oh, yeah. And thinks she gets away. Mm Mm-hmm. Texts her boyfriend that. My ass would have been heading straight home, like, no slowing down. (laughs) Right? So, yeah. Okay. So, the speed picks back up and starts going, like, faster than what someone would be able to walk or run. So, they know that someone, they took her phone. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they were able to track the route because the app was still tracking of which way that her killer went mm-hmm. based on this app. They were also able to find her backpack because of uh, the app too. And it was also found not in the same area, but in a field nearby that area. So more than a hundred police officers from different agencies around the area were sent in to try to help find her killer. Mm-hmm. They went back to the trails to try to see if they could find people who were on this trail the same day and time as her because, you know, a lot of people frequent the same walking areas right. to, you know, get exercise or whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. walk your dogs. Uh, there were several witnesses that said that they saw an angry man on a blue and white motorcycle that same day and around that same time. And one of the witnesses said that they saw April and the man fighting, but didn't think, it didn't seem like she was in danger. They didn't think, anyway. And another witness says that they saw the motorcycle parked and the man standing off to the side in the bushes. Now, that witness says that she locked eyes with him Mm-hmm. You know, like made contact with him. She yeah. could tell exactly what he looked like. She said his eyes were piercing. And the look that he gave her, she said, looked like she had just caught him doing something. You know, like if you get 
caught mm-hmm. doing something you're not supposed to. That's just kind of the look and the feeling that she got from him. And so she, you know, met with a sketch artist and they put out a sketch. So they have that at this point. They have her phone. Yeah. And so they start, you know, to track the route that the phone sent them on. On that route, they were able to obtain surveillance from a street nearby. And the motorcycle was actually caught on the camera at 649. But he was wearing a helmet and you couldn't make out anything. But they got a pretty good look of the motorcycle. Mm Mm-hmm. Like I said, it was blue and white, like people had reported seeing on the trail. So another uh, police officer, Trooper Raymond Peachman, was just driving home from work one day and just happened to look over and see a blue and white motorcycle sitting in someone's driveway. It was parked. It matched the description, you know, that they had given out. So Mm -hmm. he went up to the house, took some pictures of the motorcycle, you know, and got the address of the home. He sent the pictures to his colleagues and they, you know, his superiors, and they said, well, go ahead and, you know, try to question the homeowner or whatever, you know. So the homeowner said it wasn't his bike, but that it belonged to his friend, James Van Collis, who lived actually 40 miles outside of that town. But his bike was at his house. Mm. For unknown reason, I couldn't, I never did figure out why. I don't know. Maybe. I. Well, we know. Van Collis had a brother who lived in that town. So, who knows? Maybe he got drunk late. I don't know. But yeah, anyway, his bike was there, and they saw it and found out who it belonged to. The police, uh, Van Collis, he was 32. The police ran his background. Nothing. No arrest. Hmm. Nothing. Never in trouble. But they thought, well, let's question him anyway. Well, because yeah. the bike matches, you know. So, they drove the hour to his house. The police arrived. He was cooperative, answered all their questions. James said that he went to, he was in Armada that day, about 6 p.m., to visit his brother. Mm-hmm. He said he stayed there until around 8 that night. And so the trooper, remembering the shoe print on her neck, yeah. said, Do you remember what shoes you were wearing that day? And he said, Yeah, sure. So he went and got the shoes, gave them to the police, but the tread pattern didn't match. Damn. So they're like, okay, well, it's, I mean, he's being cooperative. He's giving us, you know, it's probably not him. We need to look for another blue and white, you know, motorcycle. Mm-hmm. So Peachman said, you know, he left. He wasn't really going to rule him out, but not, right. you know, really. There wasn't anything at that point. They couldn't do anything. Exactly. He said in his gut, he didn't have a good feeling, but he knew that that wasn't really enough to you know, to go on. So he says, you know, he thought, well, I should probably go back and just get a written statement because he didn't get anything in writing, you know. So he went back the next day and was just going to get him to, you know, sign something, written statement saying this is what, you know, he happened, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. So Trooper Peachman returned the following day. Uh, You know, he told James he didn't want to miss anything, just wanted to get it in writing, and he just shuts down and refuses to talk, period, now. So, 24 hours later, now he doesn't want to talk at all. Huh. So, you know, the trooper's like, okay, well, now that is weird, you know. Just not even 24 hours later, he doesn't want to talk. And he was like, you know, he does kind of look like the sketch, but still, we don't really have any any evidence, Mm -hmm. any proof, you know. 
they started to look into his alibi, mm-hmm. you know, as you should, uh-huh. just to, you know, determine what time he did arrive at his brother's house, how long he was there. They pulled his cell phone records just, you know, to corroborate, mm-hmm. and, you know, see, do your due diligence, yep. basically. Uh, and his phone put him at the gas station right next to the crime scene right around the same time. So they, you know, did it, figured it out. He could have arrived at the trail around the same time. April was out hiking and still been able to go to the gas station and all that. At this point, they said, you know, a judge said, okay, well, you have enough. I'll give you a search warrant. So they're thinking, all right, we're going to find something, Mm -hmm. you know. So they got their search warrant. They go to James's house. Zip, zilch, nada, nothing. Linking him you know, to April's murder at all. But they did find that he was growing some weed. <laughs> <laughs> so they arrested they him, on that. him on that. Yes, and took him into custody to try to, you know, see if they could, you know, have more time to locate some more evidence. Mm-hmm. So little James is in custody. Well, Bebop's down to the police station, his girlfriend. Oh. Yes, Crystal Stadler. She comes in and says she wants to talk to the police about it, about him. Hmm. She said, basically, she was a hostage to this man. Like, their whole relationship is... Pretty much. He basically, she was, I mean, he wouldn't let her leave the house. He was very abusive to her, very controlling. She was basically scared to death of him. So she's thinking now, okay, well, he's in custody, so if I'm ever going to get a chance to get out, this is it. it. This is my one shot Mm -hmm. to get out. So she said, you know, given all that, and she had seen the April's mom on the news about how devastated she was, and she said seeing that put together with how strange James had acted in the following days after Mm -hmm. April's murder, that she knew that something just... Wasn't right. Wasn't right. So she said she woke up the next morning after April was murdered, okay? Mm-hmm. And she said James was cleaning his shoes. He told her that he'd spilled some oil on him while changing the oil in his bike. <laughs> she had also said James had said, quote, I messed up and I need you to stand by me. She didn't know at the time what that meant Mm -hmm. until the police came knocking and started questioning him. And then she was like, oh, fuck. She keeps talking, and she says that the shoes that he gave them were not the shoes that he was wearing that day. Mm. She said the shoes he was wearing that day were a pair of white and black Air Jordans. And she brought proof of him wearing these shoes from pictures on Facebook. <laughs> so there, I mean, he had, but the shoes were gone when they searched. They didn't find them. So he had cleaned them, gotten rid of them. Hmm. But she had proof that he had them, you mm-hmm. know, and had them on and wore them. Even after this, after this, they went back and looked again at his house trying to find these shoes and they couldn't find anything. So these detectives got online and ordered the same pair of shoes in the exact same size that he would have worn to try to match up the tread tread print on her neck. And it was a perfect match. Not only that, the mark above her eye 
that they couldn't figure out what was Mm -hmm. was from his motorcycle helmet. There was a like a specific pattern on it where he had beat her with it and left that that pattern. They were able to match that up too. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. So he was arrested because of all this. And, you know, January 20th, 2016. So it was about two years later, you know, it was not Damn, a... Damn, it took them that long. It wasn't a, a you know... It wasn't a short... A short thing, but they never gave up. Oh, you know? yeah. And they went to as many lengths as possible to try to, you know, make sure that... Because, you know, I mean, a crime in the woods, it's going to be hard to get DNA evidence off of anything around there. And there wasn't anything on her body. Yeah. You know, and... He never admitted to it, but, you know, they speculate that he just staged the rape Mm. to, you know, try to throw them off the track or whatever. What was his motive? He never... Never... He never admitted to it, so he probably never said why he he did it. I think probably he saw her on the trail, made an advancement maybe, and she... That's when someone saw them arguing... And she was not having it, you know, like, no, I have a boyfriend, mm-hmm. like, plus he's like in his thirties, 32. So he's way old anyway. Yeah. And we already, well, now we know from his quote, girlfriend, you know, capture person, whatever, captor, I guess you call it. Yeah. I don't know that he is abusive and controlling mm-hmm. and fucking crazy. So obviously I think he just snapped when she didn't you know, want anything to do with him, mm-hmm. chased her back down, and killed her. Wow. I mean, people have been killed for less, you know, That's because true. you never know in the mind of a, a psyche person so what weird. random and weird. Yeah. What's going to happen, you know? But, um, so, okay, January 20, 2016, he went on trial in Macomb County, and, uh, you know, April's mom, Jennifer, said she just could not believe how smug and cold he was during the trial. He showed basically no emotion other than laughing and smirking. He just thought it was just hilarious. Wow, he's fucking crazy. I mean, the prosecution basically, you know, painted him as a violent predator. You know, we've got all, you know, testimony from his girlfriend, you know, whatever you want to call her. They admitted, you know, we don't have DNA or fingerprints, but we followed the evidence and the evidence leads to him, mm-hmm. you know. They had, you know, witnesses, phone records, the app that showed everything, him on camera, the going by at the same time. You can see this is where the phone was at this time. At that exact same time, you see him drive by on his motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the prosecution said that April tried to contact her boyfriend and, you know, about being kidnapped, but she was able to get away, or so she thought. And, like, they, you know, thought the same thing, that he, you know, caught up to her. And for 15 minutes, that is what they think that the attack lasted based on her app. Uh, you know, so he took her stuff and discarded it. Now, his defense and himself says, well, there's no evidence to put him at the scene and that he's innocent. So, I mean... He just completely flat out denied it. There's plenty of evidence putting you in that area. Yes. And dude. Yeah, all the the shoe and you know, all that. Mm-hmm. Well, the jury they agreed because they only deliberated for six hours. Wow. And he was found guilty of first degree murder. And he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Good. 
Fucker. And he has since then tried to appeal, but he has lost all of his appeals. Good. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, they made a little community garden for her there for April in the little area about mm-hmm. in 2015, a year, you know, after the murder, but before the trial. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're going to love this. They put a statue of Penny there, too, because Aww. without Penny, they probably would have never even found her body. Or mm-hmm. it would have been who knows how long. It could have been a while, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sweet Penny. I know. Doggies are so good. They are. You guys can be rotten sometimes, but, you know. So, yeah. That's that story. Wow. So, I just thought it was good because I think a lot of lesser detectives would have probably just given up. Oh, well, yeah. I mean. Went to the lengths of, like, trying to get the exact same shoe and the exact same size and, you know, just kept following up, you know. Mm -hmm. That's what police work is supposed to be. Yeah. You know, in the last case, so much was ignored. Mm Mm-hmm. So much wasn't followed up on. Right. So much wasn't done correctly. Like, the Mm -hmm. scene wasn't processed correct, you know. That's just to show you the difference in good police work and shitty police work. Yeah. The ones who Mm -hmm. don't know what they're doing, weren't trained. Because he could have easily gone away. Oh, yeah. Easily. Mm Mm-hmm. If it hadn't been for Penny... And the good detectives, yeah, doing their job. You know, the one who spotted the the motorcycle in mm-hmm. the guy's driveway and followed up on that. Yeah. So, there you have it, folks. Hopefully, yeah. that, that I feel like that was a short one, but you know, I thought it was just We're good under to half an hour. Oh well, there you go. Okay, well, I mean, whatever. I just thought it was good to do something to you know show that, like I said, we're not anti-police. We don't hate all police. No. <laughs> At all. We, we need them. We just hate the ones that don't do their job. Yes. And put away the wrong people. Right. And innocent people pay when the criminals are still out on the street. Yep. You know, that's that's not good. I never did look up from the last one um, to see if, what was his name, Pete? Peter? Oh, yeah. To see if he was back in jail or not. I know. We need <laughs> to do that. I'm sure he probably is. Career criminal. Yeah. You know? Probably. Probably been put away for something else. Yeah. But you still got a possibly innocent person. Exactly. Sitting in jail for the, you know. For. I mean, 55 years. years. He's going to die there unless something, you know. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's in his 50s, right? I think. 40s or 50s? Late 40s, right? Or early 50s maybe by now. So, yeah, he won't. I mean, that's pretty much life in prison. Mm Mm-hmm. So, what have you got? Any plans for the next one? Have you decided yet? Any hints? I haven't. I have no idea. So I've been out of town for a few days. My husband and I took a short little vacation. Lucky. <laughs> and I haven't really thought about it. I've also had midterm coming up this week. Oh. So. It's like. It's always something. Always something. So, I haven't really thought about it. Who I want to do next. Well, maybe y'all can drop us some, you know, suggestions. Yeah, we always love suggestions. Anything y'all want to hear about. I've got a couple of things. I was going to do one, like I said, like the last time, and I changed my mind, but I might go back to it. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll see. So, my cousin Taylor, Mm -hmm. you know, he's a huge true crime fan, too. So, sometimes he gives me, you know, 
good and bad criticism. So the one I wanted to do, he was like, oh, no, everybody knows that story. So, I don't know. We'll see. Sometimes we like to cover the well-known things. I know, because sometimes it's just crazy as fuck. You know? And you're just like, can't believe it. Like, what? This can't be real. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, there's that whole story. um, Oh, I can't remember her name. The girl who had the the baby, and then she went out with her friend um, down here in Lexington and met those guys and went missing. Yes, yes. What was her name? She was good friends with, um, her best friend worked with Jonathan. She, her best friend was the godmother to her kids and stuff, yeah. Um, I can't remember her name right off. Savannah Spurlock. yeah. Yes. Um... You know, that whole story, I'm so glad they finally found I her. Know. But I think he, they moved her around. Oh, definitely. Several times. <laughs> and I don't know if he ever admitted to that, though, did he? Uh, not as far as I know. I know, I don't think so. But, but I, I mean, they, they found her buried out from your house. Yes. Like, you... Mm-hmm. That story was just crazy. <sighs> she was missing for a long time, too. She had been missing for a while, and her... um. Or that the guy that did it, his brother was on Facebook, like, posting all this stuff about how everybody, you know, this was way before they ever even found her. You know, he was talking about how they weren't in, that, um, I guess maybe they'd hung out with her, but they had, you know, she left and she probably was just running away from all the problems she had. Um, yeah. Like, she was supposed to have been in court one day. and I remember that now. He was posting all this stuff that, you know... They were trying to just make it look like she mm-hmm. just up and left. That she just left the and middle left of nowhere. her newborn. Right. And, yeah. I forgot about that. That would mm-hmm. be a good one to do. I'm still waiting on Crystal Rogers to be solved still, too. So. I know. You know, I haven't heard anything else since the last one they said they had, quote, ev- items of, you know, interest that they mm-hmm. took. But I haven't heard anything, any updates on that one yet, so. Maybe they're keeping it quiet. Uh, that would probably be the smart thing is, since, yeah. I mean, we know freaking police there might be corrupt as fuck, too. So, uh, you know. Most definitely. And, you know, from past stories we've worked on, if they reveal too much, mm-hmm. it hinders things. Everything. So. False confessions and just, you know, you never know what's going to happen if you put too much out there. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. guys. Well, drop us a link on, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Yeah. Give us some ideas. And I guess I'm going to go back home and take some more cold medicine. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe get try to get a little bit of sleep. So, we'll see you guys next time. Have a good one, y'all. See ya. Bye.